If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today's chat's been brought to you by International Horse College. We have a mission to improve the welfare of horses throughout the world through the safe education of riders, handlers and trainers and that's what these chats are all about. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Today we're going to talk to Elizabeth McMaster. Now we're going to talk to Elizabeth again. She came in and visited us on episode 082, which is quite a while ago, but she was pretty popular and um, we redid that episode for Listener's Choice in 344. And today Elizabeth's going to talk to us with some tips to help riders. So how are you today, Elizabeth? I'm well, thank you. Very good, very good. Apart from your dry weather there? Yes, yes. We'd like some more rain. Yes. Probably have a little bit of ours, but, you know, we don't want to get rid of too much of ours. It's lovely green grass. <laughs> I wouldn't advise you to let it go. No, no. Now, Elizabeth, today, these tips to help riders, why did you choose this particular one? Um, well, just going out, either out teaching or out going and having a look at competitions, things I've seen that seem to me not very difficult to fix, um, like my noseband thing, they're, they're not very difficult to fix to make things a lot better quite easily. Mm-hmm. And I think people are not always careful about little details that could really, really help them. Yes, yes, yes. And to make the horses happier, which ultimately the horses go better and then they enjoy the ride much more. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, the first one you've got is about the gear. So, and you talked about yeah. nose bands being too tight. What else would you like to say about that? Um, well, if, if they're too tight, I often see the, the flash nose bands mm-hmm. um, with the lower strap done too much too tightly around the, the muzzle and yes. the nostrils. And so, when, when you the say flash down. nose band, do you flash or a Hanoverian? Hanoverian. Yep. Okay. Yes, people call them both, I know. Yes. yes. The, so the cavison set comfortably is really nice, but a lot of people then do the lower piece really, really tight, and it yep. pulls the whole thing too low, and it's very irritating. And if it's tight, it's really unkind to the horse, and it should you should be able to get at least two fingers in there. Okay. And, okay. yeah, if they're over-tightened, it's going to set up more resistance. If the horse can't move his jaw, how, how can he relax or move the bit? So. Mm. Mm. It seems a very little thing to deal with to me. Yes, yes. And I was going to ask you about the fit there, but you've already said um, that you like to see two fingers. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, because then we go on, because that's the gear for the bridles. What about the saddle? Mm. Well, I'm very big on getting my saddle. He's wonderful. He comes out and checks the horse's back and fits and makes sure it fits. But you need it to fit and make the horse comfortable and the rider, because if you can get a saddle that really sits well on your horse and helps you a little bit things become a lot easier um i'm not over keen i see a lot of pupils with the really new dress and saddles very big knee rolls very high cantles and i've lunged some of them in a, an older style dress and saddle and you can just see how weak their core is because they're totally depending on being held uh, in by the yes. knee rolls and the, the high cantle and yep. I, I think it's a bit lazy particularly for younger people yes <laughs> yes to do a little bit of work yourself. Okay, okay. So and do you... I personally don't like the feeling of having my leg absolutely trapped in place. Okay, yep, yep. So 
so you've got the freedom to move around a bit if you need Mm -hmm. to. A little bit, yes. Okay, next point is the ride of fitness because you talked about a a strong core. So the ride of fitness, you know, you've got to have the saddle, um, but the ride of fitness as well. Yes, what made me think of that one, I went with a friend to look at some horse trials a few months ago now and um, we parked ourselves under a tree to watch the last couple of fences on the 60 centimetre class which was running and it was interesting because there were a lot of horses going out past us to the start and I noticed how many girls who looked to me like early 20s, um, they're heading out, look, they had lovely horses, the horses looked fit, healthy, good coats, suitable gear. When they came back to the last two obstacles, the horses were a lot fitter than the riders. Mm-hmm. And you just thought, gee, you know, and a couple that didn't like the last little water combination ran out and the riders were not in a secure position to do yep. anything about it. And I think a lot of that came from just being quite unfit. It yes. was a very hot day. But they'd gone to the trouble I felt with the horses and the equipment. Everything looked to me like they got some lessons and had a fair idea what they were trying to do and their yep. own fitness or lack of was letting them down, which okay. seems a pity because they, you know, they were pretty well set up otherwise and the horses seemed to jump nicely. I know it was low level, but I was quite admiring until I saw some of them flopping around near the end mm, <laughs> I thought mm. that's not so good. Yes, yes, well, not, they're not going to be up. able to help the horse and if they're not fit enough at the low level, they've really, really got to work harder to get to the yes. net, you know, as they go up the levels. Absolutely. Point number four you've got about getting help with your position and you've talked about lessons. So what sort of things should people be working on? I mean, obviously to have lessons, to go on, to make them more competitive, but anything in particular that you'd like to talk about within the lessons? Um, If you can get some lunging to get your position right, because a good position makes it easier. If you sit in the middle and balance, it's easier for the horse. Horses will try and step under your weight to keep their own balance. Yep. And if you're in a, you know, a secure position, it enables you to have steadier contact with your horse's mouth, makes you feel safer. Um, so, you know, it's very valuable. Mm-hmm. I also found that when I taught a lot of little children years ago, the children who did dancing lessons, it was wonderful to help their coordination on the pony. They were okay. better than the swimmers or anything. And yep. I can remember some of the mothers saying, well, the only other thing she does is dancing and <laughs> she's not frightfully good at it. But I still found they had that little coordination. You know, they can move one leg or a little part of their body without the whole body being involved and banging around. Yes. So I believe a friend of mine who was a dancer, she said that what I was teaching the children with exercise, she said we call them isolation exercises, how to control and maybe be still with your seat but use this leg or that, you know, and not just every bit be involved in one little movement. Like you see someone go to kick the horse and jerk it in the mouth at Mm. the same time. Mm -hmm. And that's not very good. I'm just thinking about the structure of ballet lessons too. You know, you can stop the dancer and move the hand just a little bit this way or a bit of a turn and then keep going. But swimming, it's very hard to hear if you're going to stop and talk about technique and that. But you've still got to stay afloat. You've still got to keep breathing. makes it a bit hard. That's probably the primary rather than style. So the style for the dancers, yes, I can understand that. Yes, yes, I just found that was interesting because um, at one stage I seemed to have a lot who were quite good swimmers, you know, in school mm. teams and things, and except that it made them fitter, you know, that was good. Yep. But um, the swimmers and the netballers, I didn't see any, the gymnasts and the dancers, but particularly the dancers, that mm-hmm. was the ones that really seemed to help them on the pony. Good. 
So I just thought that's an interesting little sideline. Yes, yes, and a complimentary. You wouldn't necessarily think, you know, ballet and horses would go together, but could be quite complimentary. Yes. Maybe the gymnasts and the horses, you know, when you're thinking about vaulting. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. they're, they're amazing, the vaulters, yeah. And I think anything like that's good. They get control of their body. Yep. And I think that's the hard thing. Good. What about any a, of those sort of things really help? Yep. So Sorry. point number five, you've got learn to recognise your horse's natural rhythm. Yes. I see a lot of horses that um, are either um, – being kicked and hustled out of their rhythm, and the rider keeps kicking even when the horse is travelling quite well. So then you can um, spoil it. You need to recognise his, his natural first and keep it as regular as possible, and then try and develop relaxation, mental and physical. Mm-hmm. Then you look at, you know, do you need him to wait a little? Try mm. and trot. You can often adjust that by just slowing your rising a little. They pick up a lot from our body movement. For example, if you've got a quick horse and you're really quick with him, it's all going to get quicker again. Yes, yes. And I think those two balance, aren't they? They, The horse's natural rhythm and then do you need him to wait a little? Yes, yes. Get his his rhythm. And I put a quote in there that I like. I don't know a lot about this. It was an artist. Jean-Luc Cornel article in an old dress agency tea I was going through and it's the first one needs to move in harmony with the horse then one is able to influence the horse's movement so again mm. get your position and your balance and just find out what his natural rhythm is and then work up from there yes 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 okay before you talked about you know when we we're talking about coordination about someone kicking and, you know, snapping the horse in the mouth, more because that's the way they move one part of their extremes to the other. But the next point you've got here is to make sure you're not blocking the horse with your hands. Yes, yes. A lot of people, you know, they they think they're putting him on the bit and they've got him against the bit and then they're really having to kick and kick and kick. And depending Mm -hmm. on the horse, he either gets upset or you just get little or no response. So. Make sure you're not shutting him down. Then you, if he's lazy, then you've got to try and be really consistent with your aids. Yes. And then leave him alone when you get what you want. People just keep nag, nag, nag. Mm-hmm. And the horse says, oh, yeah, right, oh, that's what she does. I'll just do my own thing again. Yes. They're um, yes. quite adept at, you know, if, they, if we're confusing them, they'll just pick something that suits them and that's what they'll do. Yeah, yeah. It, you're putting all these together, you know, because you've got the blocking with your hands, but you're still going back to the fitness and the and the help with the position because if someone's not yes. fit, they're not going to be able to keep their position and um, they're no. not going to be able to coordinate well. So that comes blocking with the hands as well. That all overlaps, mm. absolutely. Mm. Mm. All right, so the next thing you've got is roundness is important, but you want to talk a bit more about that, about the roundness, you know. It's not the be-all and end-all. Think about something else. It's got to be, as you said, in balance altogether. Yep. Yes, get the balance and you've got to get – people forget the hindquarters are the motor. Yes, yes. And um, they get – I feel, although, they, you know, we do need them round and, and nice and loose in the gullet and flexing – to get much too worried and they ride the front. Sometimes you've just got to ignore the front for a little while and, and just get the hindquarters going and the rhythm established first. People ride them from the front to the back rather than the back to the front. Mm-hmm. And we want him eventually to seek a constant contact and follow the bit, whether I'm stretching him down or shortening the frame. Mm-hmm. Because we can't push him towards the bit, not pull him back to you. 
I, I think which that's is a good easier point. said than done, but mm. it's really important. Yes, yes, and that point, you know, pushing him towards the bit, not pulling him back to you. I think that's people have just got to have and that if you in can mind. Get, you know, the energy. Yep. Sorry, if you can get the energy and the the activity and the flexion. Yes. A lot of them will then begin to come on the bit. It gets a lot easier. Yes. Yes. We often do it the hard way by starting at the front end. And the horse mm-hmm. thinks, well, maybe I should stop. Yep, yep. The next point you've got is learn to use the arena and ride the accurate figures. So how is this going to help? When you're riding a test, yeah, there's a lot of points there. Um, I can always remember Dr. Holstel going around about having a correct walk and a free walk and riding your corners. Points for nothing, points for nothing. Mm. I see a lot of people with average horses, but there's a lot of points. I mean, whether you've got an average horse or a very special horse, they should do it correctly. But we're all lazy about riding proper corners, riding a proper circle track, being accurate. And there's a lot of points there in a dressage test for that and just keeping the horse regular, whether he's a magnificent dressage horse or just your average riding horse. There's a lot of points people can pick up there just by, you know, really seeing where the test goes. I tell them to draw it and map it out. Mm. Don't ride corners Mm. when you're on the circle track. Don't let your corner be the same as the circle track. And if they can ride a correct corner and they're tracking under themselves, you you know, you're really starting to get things happening. You also see a few people, they try and they know they need a deep corner and they go in too deep, you know, more than the horse's balance can handle. And then they fishtail out with a mm-hmm. green horse, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, with a great big young horse, you might make your corner the same as your 20-metre circle line, but you know you're schooling. There's a purpose for that, you know? Yeah, yeah. shouldn't yep. be just done accidentally because you're not in control. Yes, yes. I, I keep thinking about the points for nothing. It it really is the attention to detail, isn't it? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. I was judging years ago and I saw one of our then professional riders ride a horse for someone, I think it was only a novice test, and um, the horse was usually about the middle of the field. It was nice, nothing wrong, but it wasn't special. Professional rode and run the test because every transition was where it should happen, smooth, accurate, everything was correct. Yep. And he was better than a couple of flash movers who did mistakes because mm-hmm. he just the entire test was absolutely flowing and beautifully set out. Yep. And I thought that's a very big lesson what a good, good active, careful rider can do with a nice but not super special horse. Mm-hmm. All right. Now the last point you've got is about reading the rule book. How often do people not know the rule book and the training scale? Most, most of the time I think <laughs> it's awful. Well, I teach a lot at the local riding club and I endlessly do what I call arena geography. Hang on, we're all heading off to do a preliminary test <laughs> and just to get accurate 20-metre circles. It's not that they can't ride a 20-metre circle, but they, they don't plan, work out where it goes. The centre one, I explain about the 12 metres between the markets. So the centre EB 20-metre circle often has a couple of extra metres in it and becomes yep. slightly oval. And then because the eyes drawn to the letters, the ones at each end are 18 metres instead of yes. 20. And, yes. and they, the people get confused about the paces and collection. And actually the basic definitions in the dressage rule book, which they can look up online if they don't want to buy a book, I think you should have the book and keep it with you. But mm-hmm. um, it's easy to, to research that. It's not hard to find it, to get some um, ideas if you're not quite sure, you know. 
Yes. You know, I'm just amazed. Um, this is a while ago, some lovely girls came in and they'd been eventing and they could jump quite nicely. They came in for a dressage session at the club. And the t- two of them told me very seriously, we're going to have to get running reins because we're being told our horses are not round enough at the <laughs> dressage. So when I stopped sobbing, I tried to explain it might be other ways to do this. Yes, yes, um, yes. The, they didn't bother to sort of look what might be the next step. They had a contact, they were jumping, they had decent gear, they sat quite nicely, but um, they thought they had to pull their heads in now. Mm, mm. <laughs> sort of goes back to what you were saying before, you know, about pushing the horse towards the bit, not pulling him back to you. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. I think it all goes back to those basic things and getting your position and then finding your horse's rhythm and working from there. Yes, yes. And if you treat them nicely, I mean, you get a few there in the gum, but most horses will respond if they know the rules and everything's reasonable. Yep. You know, they really okay. are amazingly obliging animals, most <laughs> of them. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. All right. Now, just to sum up these tips to help riders, how would you summarise it? You know, what can people do and take take this? Go on, but uh, just summarise it for our listeners as well. Oh, well, get some help with your position or get mm-hmm. a friend to video you or something and yep. um, check all your gear, all the points I've said about gear. Yep. And uh, get That's those right. things sorted. Yes, I actually sent some people off yesterday um, because I could not convince one rider who's got a lot of knowledge, but it's a complete confused ragbag of what order you do things. And the horse is so far behind the vertical, it's awful. And so I think I've convinced her to get a... Because she understands what behind the vertical is, but she has no concept that mm. that's what she's doing to a horse. Yep. And she doesn't seem to believe people telling her. So I said, get a friend too, because most um, mobiles will take a little video now. Yes. Um, and have a look. Mm. Have a look what you're actually doing. Mm. That can help. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of things you can do without having your own personal instructor. I was just about to say that, about about it doesn't have to be expensive. You know, use what no. you've got, get the videos, have a look, you know, get on YouTube, mm. see what it should be. Have a look at your training yes. scale yeah. and um, yes, all those absolutely. things are going to help. Yep. All right. Elizabeth, thank you for talking to us again today. We we certainly hope you come back again. I think, um, you know, these tips to help riders are, are very good and look forward to chatting to you again soon. Thank you very much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.